Welcome to the November 17, 2015 edition of the Odelay Show with C.G. C. Braswell. Today's editorials contain some constitutional perspectives of various recent news reports, <clears throat> most recently regarding an article that appeared in both the Army Times and the Navy Times United States military newspapers on November 16, which was yesterday, regarding reports of our uh, National Executive Office's considerations of ex escalating the so-called war on terror on foreign soils in response to terror attacks committed in the name of religion. Ostensibly. To wit, I wrote yesterday, uh, our Constitution requires an act of, on my Facebook page, shared the article on, well, not my, the, the Odalay Show's Facebook page. Our Constitution requires an act of Congress to go to, quote-unquote, war. Now, maybe the Congress insists of nothing but partisan horses' arses anymore, therefore it would be a good thing for the D.C. Politburo to avoid them. But it is worth mentioning that, according to the law, the political will of the people of the United States is supposed to be a key determining factor in major historical decisions such as going to war. Anyway, not executive fiat. In instances where the above-mentioned political horses arses scenario is the reality in fact, however, well, then the congressional protocols are still accessible to the constituency insofar as those who are derelict in public office can be ignored and the proper incumbents fill the appropriate shoes 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, that option's there and could go on forever. Our government was designed to continue to function just fine and as intended, even in absentia or in exile or in the dark and the like because the framers knew we would have to deal with those types of situations just as they had to. Um, today, furthermore, I would add, it's close quote there, uh, what I wrote yesterday, today I add further um, that a nation cannot verily back out of a holy war. <laughs> like family holy wars are forever or they might as well be forever. Still there is, relatively forever, still there is a wide path forward for us to keep the handling of such affairs in the secular realm. So let us very carefully weigh our choice of spouses, if you will, uh, when making such decisions. There is cause, of course, uh, it would appear, uh, for vested parties to respond as necessary uh, to what happened November 12th in the Lebanese capital city, for example, and to what happened on November 13 near River Lassane, as another example, among many others. There are known, proven, and legal collaborative political and military protocols for dealing with international criminals. Criminals, and that's really the only way it works. It works quite well. Um... And there, there are legal ways to do it. Efficient, cohesive, internationally collaborative, 
you know, uh, operations. Um, next, um, on September 29th, an article titled free speech gets the death penalty, um, essentially weighing the definition of investigative reporting in the context of potential espionage in a military context. Um, free speech gets the death penalty. Uh, September 29th posted at truthout.org regarding the United States Department of Defense's June release of a, quote, law of war manual, close quote. I saw it. it was a long document. I didn't read it. Hundreds and hundreds of pages. Uh, but I downloaded it. I've got it. Which states that journalists, the law of war manual, the new one, which states that journalists can and might be viewed as unprivileged belligerents when reporting on military operations. And I wrote that day, a month ago, well, less than that, on uh, on my Facebook, on the Odalay Show Facebook page, that part of the problem is that some Americans are not at war and some are, philosophically. And when you're philosophically at war, you're at war. Um, it, in my view, and it spills over various borders and political lines. So, technically, we have warring factions, not warring nations. That's why a census is important. An interesting side effect of such domestic political loggerheads is that one can observe situations where people cohabitating in the same community enjoy disparate civil liberties as a result of their partisan affiliations and their position with respect to civil rights, such as their willingness and historical success at preserving their First Amendment protections, for example. This is one of the reasons why foreign policy is so important in consideration of the 2016 presidential incumbents in the United States. For the White House, and one of the reasons why local community level civic involvement is so important as well. All politics are local. Um, geographically foreign, you know, in that instance. So, I added today, as I fleshed out these, uh, paragraphs that I had posted at the time of these articles, I, uh, I added today that uh, there's a lot more nuances that can be you know, brought, you know, mentioned in, in this particular discussion. For the sake of argument, the planet's population can be divided into two groups. Now, I mentioned a few seconds ago the geographical, um, foreign and domestic notions. Well, you got a globalized marketplace now. So there has to be superimposed on the geography, the sociology of things. I'll quit interrupting myself. For the sake of argument, the planet's population can be divided into two groups. Those who are murdering, among other different divisions, those who are murdering civilians for religious reasons and those who are not. You could do that. That would You could get a total of all of the people walking the, the earth right now. And you, could, you wouldn't divide anybody in, into two pieces. You could divide it into two groups. And there'd be no third parties. Nobody who did and didn't murder civilians for religious reasons. You know what I mean? No Schrodinger's terrorist here to you know, make a 
quantum physics joke, theoretical physics. Those who are murdering civilians and for religious reasons and those who are not. Planet's population could be divided into those two groups summarily for the sake of argument, okay? For, so for the sake of argument here. Such a delineation is the type of watermark that should coincide with the interpretation of such a military policy as the aforementioned DOD publication, The Law of War. What was it? Uh, Law of War Manual. Okay? Uh, you don't want a misinterpretation when you're at a sensitive role to play, okay, such as a journalist. That's politically sensitive. Um, in the global, I'll go on about that later, in the globalized marketplace of ideas, which is here to stay, and gratefully, you know, humanity is at the brink of forever, and it's lovely. You know, we have the internet. Um, in the globalized marketplace of ideas, which is here to stay, it appears that my continuing to operate would depend upon whether or not my fellow U.S. citizens understand that objective historical reportage is not a crime. In fact, it's constitutionally protected, the First Amendment, uh, because the founders understood that it was necessary. Open government was necessary, and the press is necessary for open government. Anyway, it appears that my continuing to operate, one might suppose, would depend upon whether or not my fellow United States citizens understand, to some degree or another, the world citizens. But my fellow citizens understand the objective historical reportage is not a crime, but conspiracy to murder civilians in the name of religion is, or the conspiracy to interdict the murder of civilians in the name of religion. Regardless of whether the suspect is a journalist or not, it could be a greengrocer, right? Regardless of global location as well. There's our social geography, right? It's important to know who's who. That's the proper legal interpretation of the situation anyway, drawing from constitutional law, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Um, so happens that, you know, the difference between what's a crime and what's a transgression, what isn't, in terms of what's a proper legal interpretation, that's what I mean. It so happens that freedom of the press, as I said, is explicitly affirmed in the First Amendment. In my opinion, it's fair to say, however, okay, hear me, in bad faith, journalism is not protected. Okay. And that should not be a problem for anyone involved in light of the rather obvious definition of belligerent or terrorist, as I mentioned above. Now, okay, yeah, it's true. You know, and in bad faith, green grocer cooperating and co, co you know cooperating with uh, people who are murdering civilians, innocent civilians, um, in the name of religion. Well, I'm not a green grocer, but I do know that journalists are held to a pretty high bar in terms of understanding the context in which they operate and understanding the situation. And understanding what's expecting of them and understanding the ethical line that they have to tiptoe. I'm happy to do it. I've gone to a lot of trouble for the credential and spent a lot of time and I enjoy it. And I enjoy that there's a line to be walked as opposed to vocation where there isn't an ethical line, a bright line. Anyway, so, um, you know, a bird's eye view 
my role seems pretty obvious, and it should be pretty obvious to anyone who is in a position to make such an interpretation of the manual, the DOD manual. And a journalist, what is, what is the Supreme Court or George Carlin, or it was the Supreme Court case about George Carlin, you know it when you see it regarding profanity or porn or whatever it was. Well, you know ethics, in my opinion, when you see it, or, or unethical behavior. Anyway, uh, I do go on. However, it becomes dangerous when the us and them watermark, that's sociological geography, either are or aren't, when that us and them watermark, it becomes dangerous when it's taken out of context. For example, arguably there is a holy war situation, certainly crusading is occurring, in the domestic United States, in the continental United States. Um, as fundamental religious groups collude with and occupy public office, secular public office for the purpose of violating guarantees affirmed by the Bill of Rights, such as First Amendment freedom of religion, for example, with respect to abortion, Second Amendment protections for civilians to possess firearms, also, for example, um, for one thing, I do not think these people constitute any sort of American majority. This, they're just loud or a vocal majority. Even if they were an actual majority, the American law, United States law is clear about liberty. That is, majority doesn't rule at the expense of civil rights. Democratic government does not mean the mob rules. Your crowd is not necessarily my God, on the contrary. The, vo <laughs> the vocal majority are also rich, it would seem. But just like their political authority, their dollar is as worthless as a pink slip and can be ignored if they are trying to use it to transgress civil liberties. And if they think they're standing on moral high ground and they're, they're not, well, then you can... Their, uh, their religious currency is also bankrupt as well. Because the dollar... The secular United States dollar represents our vested executive authority as United States citizens. And if they are committing crimes with it, then we are not only authorized, but arguably, very arguably, uh, and by rights and obligated to intercede. No matter, no matter how many people think so, women are not cattle. Firearms in the hands of civilians protect against tyranny of the state. So do baseball bats. Gay people are not evil. I would warn those who are campaigning on such biases that favor human trafficking, for example, or persecution of people based on their sexual preference or gender, the right to a privacy minimum enough to allow a person to defend themselves. Now hear this. The sword cuts both ways, and you're undermining your own protections, constitutionally affirmed protections. When you, when you attempt to to take those away from others. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Now, can a person in public office be religious? I hope so. I hope they're very, you know, of course. And I like a nice, you know, well-rounded, well-read, you know, someone with a, a really good spiritual background because they're leaders and they're put in sensitive positions. Of holding the public trust. No one is saying we don't want, you know, religion and good faith. Um, that's important. Like, 
with a Christian background. How, you know, or people who, the more religion, the better, and the more religions, the better, because then you can understand where other people are coming from, and you're able to come across the aisle, as it were, and rather than through violence at the state level or war, you can communicate with somebody because you understand the cultural history, their geographical region of the world. And regarding the persecution of, of, of gender minorities, if you want to call them minorities, maybe they're just a vocal minority. Who knows, right? I mean, do you? Do I? I can say they're mindful people. They go to a lot of trouble even to try to understand others who are not like them because they understand what it's like. Even when people, not intentionally, but just as a matter of habit, you know, or just being, uh, you know, kind of uneducated about the situation, of, about how diversity is, you know, everybody's not the same. If everybody were the same, it would be trouble. Trouble, trouble. Um, we need diversity because we need diversity of perspective. Um, there's a richness of thought that cannot occur, occur with, with a, um, monolithic society. Um, eclecticism is critical. Any artist can understand that. Um, so in my case as a journalist, right? I'm not functioning as an enemy of the United States of America. Rather, I, I fall in with the above-mentioned category among all others who do not perpetrate or support terrorist attacks. Right? The murder of innocent civilians um, because of fundamental ideological differences or views. That is, nobody did anything wrong. It's just, you're on a crusade. Blood feeds it. People get high off killing. It's an addiction. Um, so that's religion in bad faith. Um, I am an advocate for our nation's constitutional rule of law. And it, because it protects me. And I also, when you kind of come out at the top to then look at the lay of the land legalistically, you realize, well, this is applied philosophy. That's why, you know, this, it'll, it allows people to do whatever they need. And as long as they're doing it, you know, without malign intent, then it's encouraged. Um, I'm not hurting anybody. Um, I am an advocate for our nation's constitutional rule of law and the liberties affirmed therewith. However, as an advocate for civil liberties, and this is a this is a, a bit of a point in today's global right of way. Okay, the kind of widely distributed social geography that we encounter, I'm potentially liable to being targeted here in Podunk, Toadlick, right Arizona by religiously driven foreign terrorists extracontinentally who are wired online who consider the American free press to be their enemy part of the great Satan 
if you will. I don't. I hate to. I hate to turn that phrase. You know. Um. It's just part of the Christian ontology. Um. And at the same time, I'm also liable to be targeted by domestic holy warriors or crusaders who have, um, shown already their disregard for fundamental First Amendment separation of church and state by pushing their religious beliefs into public policy in the secular realm of our government in the United States, whether it's at the local level or at the national level or the state level. It's still in violation of the threshold, ground-level protections of civil rights, civil liberties. So when considered in this light, my position and that of others like me is less than perfectly safe. I'm not a PR guy. You know, I'm not in marketing. <laughs> um, I still, you know, I'm a candidate for, I'm working on a thesis, I'm a candidate for graduate school, but, you know, I've, I haven't, you know, I've, I still, I still carry the credential, you know. Uh, next, August 21, a Mother Jones article, this is going back a bit, but what a, it, it's relevant because it follows from what I was just talking about um, regarding domestic um, freedom of religion. August 21, a Mother Jones magazine article titled, Hey Denver, Give Chick-fil-A a Break. Briefed a situation where city council members in Denver, Colorado, were concerned about the fall allowing the franchise to return to Denver International Airport due to the corporation's historical donations to groups who are politically opposed to same-sex marriage. I'll stop real quick, just very briefly. I I don't eat meat, um, and regardless of one's ethical position on the matter, um, the logistical marketplace impact. Um, for the better that occurs when you, when you, as a, in terms of when you stop dem- creating a demand for the ecologically destructive industrial meat uh, segment is worth it. I happened when I was in college, I happened to work as a cook the whole time, basically, in restaurants and, and service industry. So I like to cook. I, I've got a history of it. I know when we were in a kitchen. I'm glad. People who would quit eating meat and cook, don't know their way around a kitchen and have to rely on restaurants or someone else to feed them, yes, I will grant you probably in some trouble. Then the question of what are you going to eat is legitimately put because of your where you where you get your food. But the culinary diaspora, uh, I, you know, chili, tacos, pizzas, making sourdough, you know, making vegan cheeses, like, I, I never stop. Like, I just constantly, I'm a pig, man. But, um, it saves so much water, and like, and, and, and it's so less, so much less polluting. But I'll stop. I just, because I'm, I don't want to get, you know, when we're talking about some restaurant franchise, right, corporate franchise, that, who's, you know, their main sell is, you know, chicken meat. So I had to say that. Just, you know, forget you ever heard it. Maybe remember later if you need it. Anyway, so 
August 21, Mother Jones article titled, Hey, Denver Chick-fil-A, give Chick-fil-A a break. Briefed a situation where city council members in Denver, Colorado were concerned about allowing the franchise to return to Denver International Airport due to the corporation's historical donations to groups who are politically opposed to same-sex marriage. All right. And that's where we pick off where I left off. Pick up where I left off in previous, um, uh, paragraphs, uh, about, uh, uh, freedom of religion. Number one, and I, I wrote this on, uh, in response on the Odelay show Facebook page in response to the article about the time it ran back in August. Number one, gay or not, a privately held business can be closed on whatever day it wants to. And for religious reasons, fine. It's their business. Two, discrimination. Because there was some mention made of, well, this organization closes on Sundays. They're a religious, you know, adherence. They're trying to put upon the secular people with their, well, no. They can close whenever they want. Two, discrimination in favor of heterosexual couples against LGBTQ, etc., citizens. Um, on the part of public agencies in the United States of America, e.g. by way of not providing or honoring civil marriage documents, is a violation of civil rights and therefore is unconstitutional. But I, the constitutional transgression is one of those things that you just, there, it's uh, evident without having to say it. So I probably worded that incorrectly. But it is unconstitutional and it is a violation of civil rights. Um, Number three, individuals for the purposes of philosophical argument have a right to their personal preference or bias, such as a bias by which they determine not to label themselves as LGBTQ, for example. They have a right to peacefully assemble regarding the matter. You know, people have a right to the Klan, the Ku Klux Klan has a right to assemble and discuss their common belief or recipes or whatever they held, but or their common belief that the white man is the purest and the most perfect race and but they can't they can't put that into they can't secularize that agenda in state or United States code because it's a violation of the civil liberties of the people who they want to eradicate um, so you can assemble about it, but when you, when it becomes, when you try to take, take it to action insofar as that action would be transgressing the civil rights of others, well, that's a problem. You're entitled to your bias. <laughs> uh, all media are XYZ. Uh, all, all people from, you know, all Californians are snobbish. All New Yorkers are mean. Whatever. You're entitled to think that, I suppose, and gather with others who do, because you have a right to assemble. But at such time that it becomes um, actionable violence or actionable constitutional violation of civil liberties, and that's that's against the law, and you can't do that. Um, uh, so individuals, for the purposes of philosophical argument, have a right to their personal preferences or bias, such as a bias by which they determine not to label themselves as some group or another, LGBTQ, for example, and they have a right to peacefully assemble regarding the matter. But when they organize by way of the public currency, for example, uh, the dollar, for the purpose of creating 
unconstitutional public policy, which in turn reflects their bias at a public policy level to discriminate against peaceable law-abiding citizens in good standing, then that is a clear transgression occurring in bad faith because the goal therewith is to implement unconstitutional policy, the policy that violates people's civil rights. said it a hundred times, sorry. Number four, regarding funding for Planned Parenthood, which came up in the article. I think the, the, the byline, the guy, the, the, the author said, well, if there was a, a franchise who came in and four years ago, its corporate shareholders donated to the nonprofit arm of a, what, uh, of Planned Parenthood and the Denver City Council was taking issue with that, then there, you know, he was, com- he was, he was trying to, you know, what if it was happening from the other side? Because about four years ago, evidently, corporate Chick-fil-A, uh, donated to the nonprofit arm of a politically anti, uh, same-sex marriage organization. Well, the, but the, that's, you know, you can say that it goes either way. I think you're trying to, I think, I think he's trying to, he, that's, that's arguably, you know, your philosophy professor says bad logic. It's not to be bifurcated that way. You know, in an alternate universe where all women are cattle, then yes, patently against the law to support Planned Parenthood. That would be a violation of the slave owner's rights to own slaves. Um, but not in the United States today. No. No. And today, it goes the other way, um, where people can have civil unions, and to not respect that civil right, you don't, you know, you don't have to do it in the church. You know, you don't have to do it in the Church of Satan, or at the Buddhist Sangha, down at the Zendo, or at the Presbyterians, or wherever. But at the courthouse, you have to, <laughs> right? And if you're a doctor, you know, privately held private position, I suppose you don't have to. I don't know. You don't have to disseminate birth control, but you know, in imaginary world versus this real world, and you can't. You know, that's a. All right, said a false argument. Uh, maybe the author of this article is trying to play the devil's advocate, giving me something to write about and talk to you guys about on the Odalay show. I'll go on regarding funding the for Planned Parenthood. The two issues do not bear close comparison, unless one compares it with arbitrary government forced abortions. Or sterilization. Public health policy cannot treat all female humans like cattle with respect to their reproductive autonomy. Or men. It is, uh, it's that simple. Uh, in terms of civil rights and constitutional law. Number five. The government, that is the people of the United States, or their political will, as, as the representation of their political will, must show cause on an individual basis before such aforementioned civil rights can be taken away from any individual. It certainly cannot happen as a class action conspiracy, regardless of the standard upon which it is born. That is, you've got to get a warrant. You have to get a warrant, and then there ought to be due process. Otherwise, the citizens' civil liberties remain intact, whether they are enumerated somewhere else or not. Okay? And if you, and if you are... You know, new to the argument, you're fleshing it out and you're trying to determine, well, is abortion right or wrong? Like, you get right down to it. I mean, I don't know if you're a man, if you're a male, 
I mean, think of it this way. I'm just for the sake of thinking about it. Um, you, you have your testicles removed by the state. All right. That's, that's prob, I, I, I have testicles on me, hanging off of me down there. And if, if someone were telling me, no, 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 we are in control of, if I had a uterus in there instead, and someone said, that's not your uterus, that's mine. I would say, fuck you. And, you know, I'm sorry. And it, just because his testicle is hanging out, you know, I don't know. Think about it that way. Pardon my language. Uh, that's the Odelay show for November 17, 2015. Thank you for listening. Uh, this problem, is, uh, excuse me, this program is brought to you by Braswell Communications Incorporated's publishing division. In good faith. To view titles available and pending through Brazewell Communications, uh, fiction, nonfiction, uh, poetry, etc., uh, and uh, titles available and pending, visit uh, www.fusepowder.com. That's F-U-S-E-P-O-W-D-E-R.com, Fuse Powder. Like short fuse, powder your nose, fuse powder, all one word, dot com. If you would like to publish with Brazewell Communications, contact with me or use the editorial services. Contact with me, uh, chris.brazewell at fusepowder.com. That's C-H-R-I-S dot B-R-A-S-W-E-L-L at fusepowder.com. Or Google me at 518-400-2729, 518 Two seven two nine. If you would like to advertise on the Odelay Show or potentially be a guest on the Odelay Show, contact me at Chris Brazewell. Excuse me, Chris dot Brazewell at fusepatter.com or Google me at five one eight four hundred twenty seven twenty nine. Thank you for your time. More to come soon. Happy Thanksgiving.